0: This is the Youth Worker Collective Podcast. We have your back with everything from games, lessons, and coaching. YouthWorkerCollective.com.
1: Welcome to the Youth Worker Collective podcast. I'm Jeremy Steele, and I am here with uh, some fantastic youth workers with uh, a whole lot of varied kinds of experiences and in their current roles. So, um, before we dive into a really um, a really deep topic, uh, we're gonna uh, just kind of introduce yourself. We'll start with you, uh, Roy. Can you tell us uh, who you are and where you are serving?
0: Certainly. I'm Rory Francis-Blakeney, I'm calling in from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm the regional staff person for Young People's Ministry uh, and I'm based in the southeast. Awesome. Meredith. I am
2: Meredith Garro. I'm Director of Youth, Adult and Family Ministries at First United Methodist Church in Champaign, Illinois.
1: And Mike.
3: And I'm Mike Routliff, I lead Young People's Ministries at Discipleship Ministries in Nashville, Tennessee.
1: All right. So uh, the it it is one of the most tragic things to to try to deal with is the death of a, of a teenager uh, in your community and even more difficult when it's uh, a student that's involved in the ministry at your church. But the, I mean, the reality is like, you just won't go too long in ministry before you encounter something like this. So um, I, I guess I, I just wanna ask kind of at the base level, when you find out that that has that's happened, where, where do you start? I, I, Meredith, I'm going to kind of lead Mm -hmm. off with you because I know that this has happened for you. So do you mind just kind of telling us what I what happened and, and where you guys began with that?
2: Oh yeah, definitely. So we had a high school student who passed away last March it was a complete shock so it wasn't really something that any of us were expecting so and we have just like my background is our church is smaller so like you know every single one of my kids knew him and he was one of those kids who was really friends with everyone (laughs) like it was just very obviously distressing for everyone right so i guess how like I kind of looked at it was, you know, you have to be there for your grieving kids cuz you know they're trying to make it through but one thing that I think I didn't think about that's like so obvious mm-hmm. is that you have to grieve too and I was like I was so distressed and I, but I was trying so hard to be like strong for mm-hmm. the kids and yeah, you know, sometimes you're holding a kid while they're sobbing, but that doesn't mean that you need to be stoic around them 24-7. Right. Because that's just going to eat you up inside. But I heard someone described it to me like this, like you have a picture of this person folded up in your pocket, and when it first happens, the picture, sometimes you take out the picture and you open it and you look at it and you cry, and sometimes you'll it'll just pop out like you'll be at the grocery store. Yeah. And the picture will pop out without you expecting it and you you know can't handle it and as it gets as time goes on i was saying this to my kids you know we still take out the picture and look at it maybe we know when it's going to come out a little better we don't look at it constantly but we never forget that the picture is there because right. it's always going to be with us in our pocket which sounds cliche but i felt like it really captured how we were all processing it
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. well i want to say uh I've dealt with the death of a youth uh, at a number of settings, from suicide to murder victim to someone dying from a health challenge. Uh, right. I think each setting uh, presents uh, some different opportunities to some different questions. So I think when a young person dies from a, a medical challenge, uh, I think oftentimes the community raises the question, why? Right. Uh, And sometimes uh, we become very uncomfortable with the question why Mm -hmm. because we're fascinated or we feel that we always have to provide an answer. So uh, I've kind of learned to sit with not knowing all the time right? and just having finite wisdom. Uh, I think when it deal with uh, uh, just a few weeks ago uh, there was a young man who I was kind of loosely connected with in Washington, D.C., an elementary school kid who committed suicide. Uh, And so that had been tough for some friends and you know some family members and so you know i think in these situations uh i have found the ministry of presence Mm -hmm. just being with people and being able to walk walk with people in the ups and the downs of the experience uh I found that to be very helpful. And sometimes, you know, the church is thrust into a role of being a community witness because sometimes when it comes to murder victims, uh, the victim is not necessarily what we would consider a church person. And so right. then we have to reach out and move beyond our judgment and the question of uh, why do you come to us now when you weren't here in the good times? And so I've had a wide range of experiences, but each time I think being present with mm-hmm. the family and with the community has been one of the most helpful things that I've been able to do. Right.
3: <laughs> Jeremy, yeah. I do think that that idea of, of being able to be present is an important, and I know and i was I was in Littleton, Colorado when the columbine shootings happened mm-hmm. and and one of the things that we found is that we needed to offer space. we needed to provide a place that our youth felt comfortable not only for them but also for them to bring their friends i was mm-hmm. I was amazed at how often and how many young people said you know I, I was just so upset about this and I didn't know where to go and my friend said I should come here and and
1: well wow.
3: you know it also means um, providing space in our already well planned assuming that that those of us who are youth leaders are planning well um, right. you know we have always we are. have our programs we <laughs> have our programs already set up right yeah sunday school lessons and sunday night or wednesday night or whatever sometimes it means you've just got to set that aside i know that Mm -hmm. cases of of suicide whether it's a person in in the group or a person that they go to school with or a car accident where something is sudden Mm -hmm. um, being able to say okay we're not going to do this Sunday school lesson you know on the 10 commandments we're going to be present with each other and and just provide that space for people to to feel and begin to heal so so i think that that presence and and space is is vital and and i think both of those don't don't happen after something like this happens it's something that you've got to be working with in your youth ministry all of the time, and and there are several really great resources out about youth ministry that's that's integrated into the whole church so Mm -hmm. that Young people have relationships with adults and multiple adults and uh, and, uh, you know, making making the church feel like home yeah. uh, so that it is a place that I can be together with other people that I know are going to love me and support me no matter what I think about about
1: what happened or how it happened. Yeah. So, OK, so you said well, something actually... that's really good uh, having making space. How do you make space for something like that?
3: Well, I think sometimes making space means a physical place. You know, is is your church a place where a kid would drop by after school, go in the kitchen, open the refrigerator to see what's in it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. on their way to come have a conversation with you? Is, is it that kind of place for them or is it just the place that they come and it's very structured when they're there? and and so i think part of making space is making making our churches home mm-hmm. for our young people and the other question I mean the other piece of that I think is a programmatic making space. Sometimes we are so set on this is what I have planned for today so this is what I've got to do and there are times when all of that just has to be set aside in order that that we be that we be able to be present and uh, that goes back to what Rory said actually what, what both of you said in terms of we've got to be present in the lives in that situation, mm-hmm. and we don't get to do that unless those relationships have been established um, a long time prior to a crisis
1: situation like a death. Yeah, Meredith, you were about to say something.
2: Oh no, honestly, I was just like echoing kind of what you guys were saying. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I don't know. I feel like sometimes I, <laughs> I'm always like praying to God, like, oh my gosh, like you know. Help me to listen when I should be listening and give me the words to say. But, you know, words never make it better, but kind Mm of. Like everyone was saying, you know, words don't make stuff better, but being a companion in pain because that's God wants us to be in community together with our kids. And that does mean joining each other in pain, which is such a difficult part. But Mike, I think you were just saying it when you've been building those relationships with your youth the whole time anyway, you are invited to be in that part of their lives as well.
3: Yeah. And you just said something that I think is important, Meredith, in terms of if if it's a youth who you've invested in their lives and you have a relationship with who's died or committed suicide, you know, you're in pain too. Yeah, And Mm -hmm. I think the authenticity of you being able to share your pain in that same setting (laughs) just speaks so much more than words can ever Mm -hmm. speak with those young people as they're trying to figure it out.
1: Yeah. One of the things that, I have found helpful, um, I've actually in the last couple of churches I've had, there's been someone who's a licensed counselor on staff or renting a room from us or (laughs) different things like that. And, and I think it's so important to go to them for you personally, but also to go and sit down and say, I'm about to walk into this room. What, what do i need to know from a counselor's perspective like what should i expect what things should i say do not say do just have somebody who really understands the particulars of trauma and 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 grief and all that walk you through where where you need to go, and and if you don't have that, there's a great book called Helping Struggling Adolescents by or Dr. Les Pirat the Third. He's he's legit, but it's got. It's got a little overview of all kinds of things in it, including grief, including suicide and, and, and really how to deal with that. Like what's, what's going on in people's thing? What's your appropriate response? And really it talks about when to refer them to a professional. It's really a fantastic book. But for me, the other thing is when it's not a personal issue, so like, uh, student that if you're new to church, you didn't know the student, or if it's just a a student in the community, I think sometimes what will happen is students will come in and ask, why did this happen? Why did God do this? Why did God let it do it? And if you're not uh, being empathetic, or if you're not grieving yourself, I've seen uh, people kind of do this knee-jerk theological education moment Mm. at that point to try to fix their theology and that's just it just never works out well Mm -hmm. (laughs) right and so i think it's good to say something like what i've said in the past is you know there are answers to those questions but it's They're not going to help you not hurt right now. At some point, once you've been processing some of this, we can talk about that. But right now, let's just let's just talk about where you are, you know, so that you give them the hope like we can. There's people have thought about this. There's answers in the future. But let's let's not (laughs) let's not complicate this any further.
0: That's great. And, and Jeremy, I think that speaks to the long term commitment or the long term right. need to be in a caring and supportive, nurturing relationship because you're exactly right. When you're in the midst of a crisis, uh, so often we try to fix everything or mm-hmm. address everything. Mm-hmm. And you're right, that's really not a good time to address some of those deeper level questions and some of those deeper persistent uh, issues, but just to be in that moment, to be present, and to, like you say, make a commitment, you know, we can talk about some of those things at a later date. But just let's just live with this moment and the grief and the pain and the hurt. So I think that's an excellent point you bring up.
1: And uh, only other thing for me is that in that same sort of situation, when it's not you personally, uh, kind of invested, involved in the in the grief process, um, it, it put a put a reminder on your calendar on the anniversary. Um, yeah, I, I listen. You will forget it. You'll get in the swing of things, and you will. You never were really involved in it, and kids yeah. will be hurt. Unintentionally, by the fact that you don't acknowledge it, you might not. Depending on what happened and who it was and all that, it might not. It might not require a special worship service or something, or you know, memorial or anything like that. It might just be paying attention to those kids, mentioning it or praying for people who are grieving. I don't know. You know, just put the reminder on your calendar so that you you don't miss that. It is a hard thing, and and the common theme I think is it's not a. There's not a short one-step process it's a it's it's an investment in the lives of the students who are grieving and in your own health if you're one of the people that are, are grieving because this is one of this is one of those things that it it happens rarely enough to where you know you're sitting you're kind of in your office Getting ready to figure out wh- how you're going to walk into this room. And it's one of those things that can, you can feel like you don't really know where to turn. And, and that's why we do this podcast and have our website, is we want you to feel like uh, somebody's got your back um, helping you process things like this. You can find uh, all kinds of things coaching, games, small groups on our website, youthworkercollective.com, and more uh, podcasts like this one at youthworkercollective.com slash podcast.